on Halftime, the world game with Carlos Alberto Diego from Fortiegos.com. That is happy, baby. He does that every week. He's back again. Carlos, good afternoon. How are you, half? Good, buddy. What's doing? You're glowing. you got the Hawaiian glow. <laughs> One thing I do not do. And actually, you're perfumed, too. Is glow. Perfumed. you got the lay on. <laughs> you got the grass skirt on. Yes, it's, a, it's not. I don't have to go to Hawaii for the grass skirt. I just chuck that on every Wednesday. It's just what See, I do. You, you're playing with my mind because uh, last time I walked in, you looked like Fahid Ben Kalfala. <laughs> and now you look like, I don't know, Hawaii Five O. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just messing with you just to keep you on your toes, I Carlos. I know. Had a nice time. Had a yeah. nice time. It was good. Good on you. you. Well, you look refreshed, ready to go. Ready to go, mate. And you've been hit with a storm. Oh, have I ever? I came back to a this. World football storm. <laughs> storm. I just landed and I just yeah. got off the plane. I wish there it was, right yeah. in my face. There's nothing quite like an aggrieved uh, cohort of football fans in Australia. Is there? No, that's true. Nothing quite. It's like a tsunami, it. isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's yeah. it's a very very um, dangerous place to be if you're on the wrong side, <laughs> Carlos. I reckon. Just they're passionate. They're passionate, and they'd like to uh, you know have their say. And now with social media, everyone has their say. Yes, everyone gets their say. There's what's no been, rules. What's been your take on the on the whole? Uh, what was it called? The shame file. Situation. The shame file. Yeah. The shame well, file situation. Of course, uh, if you've had your head in the sand for the last since Sunday, uh, of course, Rebecca Wilson again, uh, the self styled you know, expert of world football in Australia, decide to... Does she uh, profess to be an expert of world football? Oh, uh, look, I know she... Whenever anyone questions her, there's a lot of yelling going on, so I, I'm a sp- okay. I suppose she'll defend herself to the hilt, but... Uh, She's good at that. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, like there was yourself. the article uh, that shamed 198 football fans uh, being on the FFA ban list and uh, and really portrayed them as uh, as criminals, basically, and uh, and they were on the front page of the uh, Daily Telegraph on the weekend, and uh, names were you know divulged. So there was photos there, and the whole thing. So, uh, where did this come from? Good question. Good question. A lot of people are speculating about that. FFA have have uh, categorically stated that they didn't release any list. Obviously, they would they would know that list because yep. they were the ones who banned these uh, spectators. So, um, yeah, that, that's another question, whether it's police, whether it's the Sydney Stadium uh, Trust. There's a lot of different speculation going on. And, uh, I mean, it, it's, the, the issue is so serious as far as uh, you know, things like defamation are concerned. I mean, there's some people who are underage on that list that have been you know, exposed. And we all know that the courts often withhold names of, of people who are under, under, underage. They're, They're for criminal charges, though, aren't they? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I mean, this isn't... Yeah, no, that, that's more a, civil. Well, there's not even civil. I mean, no one's been charged here. There's not no, even been a right of, of appeal. Not, when I say no one's been charged, there is. There are a number of people on that list. I don't know what, how many, but there are a number of people on the list who have been charged because they're for assault or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. But there are a lot of people on that list who have been banned by the FFA for other reasons, you know, uh, and, and they haven't uh, had to deal with the police or they haven't been charged and gone through and been convicted of anything. So uh, I, I reckon that the lawyers are going to have a, you know, a big a field day on this one here. But uh, they would have cleared that before they ran it, though. Well, uh, newspapers aren't traditionally poor at, at uh, passing up that detail in, in terms yeah. of what, in what might happen should they print something or print names particularly, which is... Well, yeah. the big issue. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure how they vet these stories these days. It's almost like let's get it out there. Let's get. Let's get all the controversy going. Let's get people talking. Let's, as you can see, Rebecca Wilson's been on. You know, a number. She hasn't been hiding since the article. She's actually been on a number of radio shows in Melbourne and in Sydney and also across TV. 
uh, perpetuating the whole story since. So yeah. it's almost like the, the content grows legs. It, it becomes a monster mm. uh, with the different platforms that are out there. So sometimes I think they probably weigh it up. Okay, we could get sued, but you know that's a long process for people to sue us. Uh, let's get the benefits, the short-term benefits of, uh, of just getting a reaction in the first place. Let's look past the content of the article at the moment, Carlos. Why do you think the article was written? Okay, well, look, just with just a, a short, my short, um, uh, my short opinion of Rebecca Wilson as a football writer. I stopped reading her stuff uh, a while ago because right. what we were getting was six monthly or twelve monthly articles that were inflammatory. Uh, they were they were clearly not researched all that well. Uh, she she certainly doesn't appear to go to games, so a lot of her stuff was pretty much ill informed, poorly researched outrageous in its comp, sensationalized, all those sort of things there. And I learned very, very quickly that I was learning nothing from her writing. Uh, I, re- I read everything I can in Australian football that's written about Australian football in this country. Yep. Uh, uh, but she's the only journo. And by the way, a lot of stuff I don't like from journos, but it's usually articulated in a way where it's researched. And it's done by a person who actually knows the game, understands the game, but just has a different opinion to what I might think. Yep. Uh, she has no idea about the game. She has no, she has a misunderstanding of the game. She, she's totally ignorant about the issues and she goes with some inflammatory idea and just goes to town with it. So you're suggesting there's a, an agenda at play as opposed because uh, she's, yeah. she's clearly not a, an analyst of the game. We, I think, yeah. And I don't think yeah. she's ever claimed to be an analyst of the yeah. game or a, a sort of game reporter type sure. um, journalist. So you think there's an agenda at play? Oh, I don't know about the agenda, but it's not balanced. Her reporting's not balanced. Yeah, there's, okay. a, there's enough. There's enough. Uh, there's enough good stuff that's happened in Australian football in the last ten years, in particular, uh, eleven years in the particular. That if she was serious and balanced in her coverage, that we'd see the odd article that would be saying, "Gee, this was really good about Australian football. Or, this is really great about Timmy Cale or whatever." We, we just never get that. Yeah. It, it's a six monthly. It's a formula. I see it as a formula. I see her. the aim of her um, writing is to get a reaction, and she's very good at that. She's very good at that. I did a bit of research today to say, okay, well, because I don't, I don't read any of her stuff. I, I, don't, I don't read any of her stuff with NRL or any opinion pieces she has, uh, not because I, it's usually football that I'm focused on. Yeah. And so I decided to just Google it today and find out, you know, what, you know does she write well? For rugby, rugby league, does she write well with AFL in Sydney, for example? And all I got in the first page was her having stashes with Dermot Brereton and people in rugby league. That was and on the run home, absolutely. And so it seems like it seems like, and I'm not an expert at this. It seems like the formula of not necessarily having a lot of facts there, and not the facts don't really matter a lot of times. It's the issue that she likes to run with that's quite sensational. And it does draw a reaction, and she's very good at that. All right, let's let's yeah. let's play the ball here. And you're not, I'm not yeah. saying you're playing the man, yeah. by the way. But let's play the ball and talk about what the content of the article is now. That the this mm. this um the, the 198 people are banned on this shame file list, and perhaps the the line of of writing in uh, from a lot of journalists across the country to slant the game and its supporters in a negative light. Is there is there reason for this, Carlos, or is it a an overreaction, as you you might have just said then? I think uh, to a few incidents through the journey that have become big highlights because sure. and it has been that left to centre game for a while. That yep. it's becoming more mainstream, and we think from the anecdotal evidence we have that the big games in town are a little bit intimidated by what might what be coming their way. Well, 
definitely they know the the games, the codes uh, that aren't football. Of course, the competitors, the, the competitors in the marketplace. Of course, they're uh, you know they they know that football is a competitor now. It's uh, it's run it's run particularly well, a, a lot better than we used to be. Before we used to talk about uh, Australian football shooting itself in the foot because the way it was managed, the old Soccer Australia days, if you remember. Yep, yep. When it became FFA, John O'Neill came in, it was run on the you know, A-League, you know, Australia started making World Cups. Suddenly, professional people were running the game. So the game now is being run, which is, which is horrifying for the, for, the, uh, for the codes out there because suddenly, even though football, soccer, is, is starting from way back compared to the AFL and rugby's and, and the other sports of this world, yep. uh, it can actually catch up pretty quickly with good administration. So, of course, it's a competitor, but no more than cricket being a competitor of, of, uh, of uh, AFL or rugby. And, and people would say, oh, we can all live you know, quite comfortably together. And, 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 and as a fan, you can. You, you can watch everything here. But sports are vying for community dollars, sponsorship dollars, especially in the grassroots where the numbers and the participation rates, they're big dollars as far as sponsorships concerned. So to say that we're going to give uh, world football or soccer a free kick over, over AFL, well, suddenly if you make soccer look better than AFL on a certain issue or certain topic or in participation, sponsors will gravitate to them. So there is a lot of competition in that area, but that's fine. I have no problem with that at all. As far as the journalists or the media who appear to be biased against the sport, well, anyone who, to tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't go to the games and doesn't understand the games, it doesn't have a relationship with the game to a certain extent, or some care for the game, or some interest in the game, I don't read their stuff. I mean, you know, how ridiculous, how offensive, sorry, to the people of France and and the people who've lost things. Uh, uh, Alan Jones' comments about Australian A-League fan behaviour and equating that to the tragedy or the terrorism in in France. I mean, you can't get more offensive... And uh, more insensitive at, uh, at this time, and but no, he really the most disgusting he, moments on radio. Absolutely, absolutely. So, do you take him seriously when he talks about the A League? Has he ever been to an A League game? Has Rick, Rebecca Bill, Wilson ever been to an A League game? If they, if there was a Michael Lynch, a David Davudovic, a Michael Cockrell who said that, I would listen because they are invested in the game. They go to the game. They don't, they don't pussyfoot around the game. They write honestly about the game. So I would listen. I might not. Dis- I might not agree, but I would listen. But these other people, they just—they're peripheral to me. They're irrelevant to me. But they are very good at getting the reaction. Uh, so I'm not going to get into this. They hate the game. They're trying to predict the other codes. They're just not good writers about the game, and that's why I'm not interested in them at all. Okay. All right. So what are you saying? To, what are you asking our fans today, Carlos? On the back of that, because yeah. we are playing the ball here. We're playing the issue at hand as opposed to the um, the people that are involved in perhaps writing these things. Does what do you want to say? What, what's the question for our yeah, fans today? What's what's important to address here is do we have, and this is what I want in our talkback. Uh, that's what I want to address. Our SMS is, you know, if you want to slam these, you know, Rebecca Wilson, Ellen Joe, do that on social media. This is not the forum for it right now because we've, we've had enough of that. Uh, what yeah, do the, we have? Yeah, do we have a pro, a crowd problem in the game? And I want people who go to the game, right, to ring up and let us know. And, and I, I know people out there might think, oh, well, everyone's going to ring up and say it's great. But I did hear some callers on the run home, I think on Monday, uh, after Rebecca Wilson was on with the boys. Yep. And one or two callers said they were uncomfortable at A-League games at different times. I want to hear that too. Because if we've got a problem, we've got to look at honestly at the problem and see 
whether we need to do something about it. Well, that's the only way we can move forward, Callum. Absolutely. Otherwise, we just end up in this yeah. cycle of hatred as opposed to dealing with some of the issues, if there are issues from a fan's point of view in the games. And that's where the game grows. Yep. And this is where the FFA have got to really step up too. And I don't know if this is part of the psychology, if, and they've, as mm. you said, they've denied leaking this, part of the psychology of having it out there that it does put fans on notice saying, well, this is what's going to happen. If you keep this up, we'll name you if we have to. Yeah. I'm, and I'm not saying the FFA have done that, yeah. but that could be a conspiracy theory. Well, it's a poor strategy if that's the case. <laughs> but 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 from from my point of view, I've been go, I went to NSL as a kid. Uh, I've been to a league, and I've been through all this. Yep. And I don't feel threatened. And, and you know me, half. I've, there's something wrong with the game, my and word. there's poor crowd behaviour. I'll say it. Yep. Um, uh, I'm anti flares. I'm anti abuse. I'm anti not. The 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 the, uh, the lack of family atmosphere or the the family friendly atmosphere. If there's any of that, I'll say it. But I go to the games. I go with my friends. I don't initially go as media. I sit in the crowd, and I've never ever felt threatened. Yes, I haven't been happy about some of the behaviour of some groups as far as their language sometimes, and uh, and you know the flare issue for me. There's no justification about having flares, uh, and I've and I actually have seen big groups of fans abuse the police. To their face, which I thought was was awful, uh, but doesn't that doesn't happen every week? And I think I've seen it once in eleven years that I've been involved with the A League. So that's my perspective of it. But there's people who go every week. They're sitting there every week, quite close. What do you think? Do we have a problem? And maybe you know how should we handle the problem? Let's get it to the bottom of it. Um, and again, we're playing the ball here in this issue. So have your say about the issue at play. Is there a problem? Tell us your experiences at the games. Do you think there needs to be better communication, better behaviour, or are you happy with those is? And we're happy to hear any angle on it. 24 past one. We'll get to a break, Carlos. We'll get calls. They're lining up. John, Dave, Chris, David, coming to you very, very shortly. As often happens, Carlos, when you are on air, I have just received a statement from the FFA CEO, David Gallup, in response to the article on the Sunday Telegraph. I'll give you more of that after this. Carlos Alberto Diego is with us, and once again, he's got a prompted a response from the FFA. It's what he does. This happens quite quite, I warned them. Uh, quite frequently, in fact, for those regular <laughs> listeners. Every time he gets uh, passionate about an issue, the FFA step in and have their say on it. It's in response to the uh, Daily Telegraph, or the Sunday Telegraph um, story, my understanding is, because uh, I wasn't here, Carlos. I just read it on the website. Uh, about the 198 people banned from attending matches in the Hyundai A-League, the shame file, so to speak. He, he goes to say, as part of his statement that he just released about uh, 20 minutes ago, the existence of the list says it all. We have repeatedly and publicly said that we will identify and ban those who engage in antisocial behaviour in A-League matches. This list is the proof. Since the publication of the story about the ban list, many in the game have pointed fingers about the list and how it came to be published. The list is sent to clubs. This is important information, I think. The list is sent to clubs, venues and police to give them the tools to enforce the bans to protect the true football fans and the atmosphere they generate which is quite a bit more extensive than perhaps I initially thought the list was circulated to. Chances are we will never we will never know who leaked the list and why they did it, but let, that's not the main issue. Suffice to say, I want to make this point very clear, it wasn't leaked by the FFA. The crux of the issue remains when the people in charge of law and order in our nation, the various state police forces, identify an individual who is engaged in serious antisocial behaviour, we are compelled to act. We don't want those people at our matches. As part of regular security procedures, we are meeting with police, stadiums and fan groups this week, the FFA, in conjunction with police, A-League clubs and various security consultants, has systems in place to identify individuals who don't have, sorry, don't behave and don't belong. Some face criminal charges as a result of their actions. 
even if they don't, FFA and its clubs have a right to determine who can attend A-League matches. If you come to our attention because of serious antisocial behaviour, you are liable to be banned. Every A-League club has a home ground. If you enter someone's home, you need to respect the host. These fans... Sorry, that being said, I also want to make the opportunity to acknowledge the millions of fans who love our game and create an incredible atmosphere at our matches. More than 1.8 million fans come to Hyundai A-League matches across a season and all but a few come to enjoy the football and support their team. These fans are the heartbeat of the game. And it goes on a little bit, but that's the, the essence, of the, the crux of what he's got to say there, David Galt. Yes, My CEO first question at a press conference would be, so do you endorse that those on the list that haven't been charged uh, get splashed on the front page of the Daily Telegraph? Doesn't mention, doesn't address no, that. No, he doesn't question. address that at all. And that's the injustice of this. Um, you know, if you're charged and you, 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 you're going through criminal proceedings, it's just... It's just just what happens these days. You're all over the papers. You're in the you know you're in you're on TV and the whole thing. But if you're not charged and there's no process, no no appeals process, and you're under, I mean, some of those people on the list were underage. Yep. I mean, they, they, surely they've got a case here, and the FFA have got to come out. Their next step is to come out and say, well, we don't endorse the public releasing of this information. That's that's what disappoints me a little bit about that press release. They've got to be able to deal with the issue. The issue is people are absolutely outraged at the moment because there are people who have been exposed when they haven't had the chance to be defend themselves or even go through any sort of process. That seems to be a, a, a um, consistent uh, story of the, of the SMS as well, Carlos, that there is no appeal process. That's the biggest grief with fans. It's that simple. Hmm. So if you're a chance to, to defend yourself to, to a degree, if you could in the situation, depending on what it is, then you, they would like to be given that opportunity. But I suppose because it's not really a, a, a charge, no. then it's the, well, the, no, okay, the owner's well, prerogative FFA, to do what the well, hell they like. It's then, their stadium. Then what, then what uh, responsibility does the FFA have to protect that information so it doesn't get splashed all over? Especially, I'm not again, I'm not talking about the one... The police can actually release any information they want about someone they charged, whether it's a football fan or someone on the drink driver or whatever yep. it may be, right? Yep. Uh, but if no one's charged and the FFA are in possession of that information uh, and if they might be a banned individual, what right do they have for that information to be, you know, splashed all over the front page of a daily paper? That every, And by the way, and... At the same time, all over the internet, which is, you know, information you grab all around the world. I mean, uh, suddenly, you know, there's the employment issues that deal that, that people have to deal with. Families who are associated with the person that's been, you know, exposed. Uh, you know, the humiliation. I mean, the reputation break. I mean, this is, I mean, in one, one article or one interview I heard, Rebecca Wilson suggests that one of the first people was a kindergarten teacher. So she was even going further and talking about, the fact that this guy was a kindergarten teacher and would you want your kids to be taught by this guy? There was no, there was absolutely no indication that she knew about the circumstances that this guy was banned under. Uh, she had no idea, she, she didn't talk about at all the fact that there could have been a, another side of the story here. Uh, the, the no appeals process actually fleshed out what actually happened. I mean, it's just normal justice. You know, and uh, it could be very damaging for someone. And the question you've posed to our listeners is, is there a problem within the game? We're talking about the issue at, at play. Underlying all these articles and these discussions at the moment, is there an issue at play in the A-League? John in Reservoir wants to get involved. G'day, John. Very quickly, two points. One is, Carlos, I admire your guts to come on SEN to have a go at one of their own because when I try it, it doesn't get through. Secondly, half, talk about playing the ball. 
when certain journalists play the ball, that's great. But when they play the individual with non-factual crap, don't stick up for them, even though they're one of your own. Have the gonads to say what it is. Don't gag people by saying, play the ball. No, she doesn't. That's, that's John, John, I will tell you straight up, this is the way I operate. I, I don't lower myself to playing the man in, certain, in news situations, in sports topic, because I think it's, well, I consider it beneath me to do so. Now, I, my di- my job here is to get the issues out there and to deal with the reality of the issue and get to the bottom of the issues as opposed to playing personalities. Uh, it's not m- my style. And if you've listened long enough, you will know that. And I don't see why anyone should be getting involved in that because that doesn't benefit anyone. That should become slanging match stuff. And I'm not sure, well, it's certainly not great radio, I don't reckon, it just become slanging matches between personalities. That's, that's not good for the sport. It's not good for anyone, I don't reckon. So I don't consider myself... Um, or lower myself to that position. I talk about the issue at hand. I think that's far more beneficial for the game, isn't it, or for anything? Oh, to an extent. To an extent. I think she needs to be pulled in the line. Well, and that's and you know what, John? This The beauty of this is, and Carlos mentioned this before, there are plenty of others that are willing to do it. I just won't do it. I just think it's it's contra- uh, contradictory to the, to the process of actually benefiting or getting to the bottom of the issues at play. You can play the man all you like, and we've never done it here on half time because it's not, it doesn't help anyone. So I make no apologies for that. John, thanks for your call. Stay on the line. You've got double pass to see. And my, bro- my wife saw this last night. You'll love it. Hugh Jackman's Broadway to Oz show tonight at Rod Laver Arena. Queen of Tickets.com for the best seats in the house and all your ticketing needs. Speak to the Queen. It is a cracker, they tell me. Yeah, I, I don't think we've... Uh, look, I, I mean, pain's not to be personal. I'm kind of hoping I'm not coming across as personally attacking anyone. I'm hoping we're just dealing with the, with the article and the That's issue. And uh, I'm hoping that's how it's coming across. Thank you, John. Dave's in Diamond Creek. Hello, Dave. G'day, uh, Carlos and Daniel. Um, in my opinion, I think the problem begins, the antisocial behaviour anyway, begins with the administration and the clubs and how they promote the game. Um, my experience, last year I took my 13-year-old son and a friend of his to the Adelaide Victory Game, um, promised them I'd take, it, take him to the game the night before I'd forgotten to buy tickets. So I got online, and the only place I could buy them was in the away section. Um, when we got there, we weren't allowed to sit there, um, and the administration of the ground actually moved us. Mm. The ground moved you? Did you, yeah. did you request we, that, or were they just... Uh, no, no, no. I, when we went to walk, you know how the tickets say, enter gate such and such, go down the aisle. We went to go down there, and the police wouldn't let us in there, so... Uh, bad fathering or parenting, I went to the next aisle and we stepped over some, some rails and stuff and sat there and then we had some um, administration people come up and, and move us from the section because um, that was allocated for the away team. Now, if that was a Carlton-Richmond game, I go there every year to the Carlton-Richmond game with a mate of mine who's a Richmond supporter, I'm a Carlton supporter, and we sit side by side and enjoy the game together. We, we have banter and all that sort of stuff, but I just think the game promotes it in the in the wrong sense of, you know, I'm a, I'm a little reluctant now to, to take my boy because it, it's that I, I understand and I, I accept the tribal sort of thing and, and the them and us and the, the barracking, but, but when it comes segregated like that, I think we're going down the wrong path. 
It's certainly something that we're not used to in uh, in sport in Australia, that's for sure, Dave. And, uh, I wasn't and aware that was happening, Carlos. You no, know, it does, yeah. No, 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 there are, no, well, no, there's it, tiers quite it, sort of areas. Yeah, there's areas. I mean, they talk about segregation, but it's actually areas. I mean, if they want to segregate, they'd have walls up. They'd have fences up between yeah. the crowds. That's what they would do overseas. Not in England necessarily, but they have them in uh, in other areas of, of Europe. Yeah, I know uh, there's sort so of support areas, yeah, which is the same as the footy yeah, area, two Hawthorne members in one yeah, area. Absolutely, and it actually lends itself to the, to the tribalness of the chanting and so forth and I suppose you can look at it negatively or you can look at it at, like you've got to keep the you know the, the ferals apart or you can look at it and saying well that just adds to the spectacle because you've got one group all wearing the same colours all chanting the same thing because that's what football active uh, supporters do yeah. uh, so you can look at it that way or you can look at it negatively like that's unrestrained we should all be mixing but suddenly the, the whole um the whole uh, look of match day, the sound of match day, if you start mixing everyone up, uh, won't be the same because you, you won't get the groups chanting together. Dave, stay on the line. Double pass coming your way. Victory take on Adelaide United this Saturday at Etihad Stadium, mvfc.com.au slash tickets to be a part of victory. It's going to be a great night and a cracking game with a great rivalry too, the victory and Adelaide United. 22-2, to back with more after this. Carlos Alberto Diego is with us and fans are on their box today, Carlos, about uh, the situation at play in terms of the issue of the, the shame file. And printed in the Sunday Telegraph on the weekend from, from Rebecca Wilson. And whether or not you've thrown the question, is there an issue in the game? Is there something that needs to be addressed? Or is this just uh, a very one-sided debate from or commentary from people that don't really aren't really emotionally attached to the game. And the good thing is we're not getting a we're not getting anyone saying that the shame file was right, which is great. You know, I, that's that's my issue with yep. all this. Uh, but we are getting a good flow of SMSs of people saying that they do feel uncomfortable sometimes at the football. Uh, they don't like the behaviour of groups of people at times. Uh, and that's the sort of thing that really we should be hearing because they're the, if, you're, if you're going to the football and you're saying that to me, I listen to you. Absolutely. Yep. Especially if you're sitting in amongst it. Not media people up in their little... You know, media oh, glass boxes. Uh, yeah, the little uh, I know bachelor rolls. flats up the top there. But uh, but if you're in the in there going week in week out, I want to hear from you because you're the you're the only true judges and experts in this area. David in Geelong is one of those. We think. Hello, David. Oh, good day. How are you? Good, thanks. Look, um, I've just wanted to. Yeah, I've got a little six-year-old boy who has basically learned how all about soccer through PlayStation Three, FIFA, <laughs> and of course. <laughs> So of course, my, my man does it too. Yeah, quite quite expert and um, yeah has learned all the rules and everything. And so, so the next question was, Dad, can we go to a game? Yep. So Good. of course we the the next next picture was the Amy Park Melbourne City versus Western Sydney a couple of weeks ago, mm. and we had an absolutely fantastic night. We drove up from Geelong, parked across the river near the town there, walked across through Gosh's Paddock, kicked the, kicked his little footy around on and walked into the ground and. No drama getting a getting a seat, and we sat wherever we basically where we wanted because the crowd wasn't a massive crowd, but which is good and bad, I suppose. Um, but anyway, yeah, basically the night was over at 9:30, and we were home by 10:30, 11 o'clock. Yeah, the crowd experience was fantastic, engaging. Um, there was a few decisions there. I think if you remember, there was an offside decision against uh, Melbourne City yep. in that game, and um, yeah, it was. It was, you know, it was just entertaining. You know, look, they got a bit, little bit wild, but look, I thought, um, yeah, fantastic package, and yeah, I, I think both we're we're a hardcore AFL uh, family, and um, but I think there's room for all the codes, and including you know rugby and and the uh, yeah, there's, the soccer has got 
Uh, and look, we'll be Melbourne City fans from now on. Look, we'll follow them, and um, yeah, it should be it should be good times. Dave, you know that you're you're the target audience: uh, father, son, family, going for the first time, love their AFL. You're the audience. And that's, uh, that's the for you, they want to grow, yeah, it? for you to have that experience is fantastic for the sport. Good on you, Dave. Start on the line. Two Bataki Christmas hams for you and the fam as well. $50 gift voucher for the driving range and the adventure golf at uh, Yarrabin Golf Course. And a copy of the book, My Four Year Old, The Property Investment Investor, with thanks to Open Corp Property Investment and also a Comics Lounge Gold Members Pass as well for a bit of uh, hijinks and jocularity. Chris on the road, good afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Now, Hi. I've got a. Um, uh, I, I guess a little bit of context here. Um, I've been uh, going to the A-League games for you know, basically since it began as, as a league in, in Australia and also uh, to NSL games before that. And um, many, you know, many uh, probably almost potentially high hundreds of Aussie rules games and nearly every sport uh, you could imagine that, that sort of come to Melbourne and, and some interstate as well. Yep. Um, I, I think in Australia we, we, we give oxygen to to these flames every now and then and I get a little bit embarrassed that, that we have these conversations about, you know, crowd experience and is it a, is it a safe environment, all that sort of stuff, because you know, just some rough numbers in my head while I was waiting. I mean, I reckon probably across all the major codes, maybe 10 million people turn up to, to watch our, our sports every year and maybe a couple of thousand or, six, you know, four or 5,000 people end up getting turfed out or not let in or, you know, for unsociable behaviour across all of them. And... I, when, when you look at the percentages of it all, I don't think in Australia, in any sport, especially the A-League, we, we have any crowd, any reason to, to fear the, the live experience at all. Um, you know, I, I sense that the, uh, the ground security uh, people that I've ever experienced, they, they tend to do a pretty good job of, of, of jumping onto any trouble uh, pretty quickly uh, in, in all the codes. Um, I sense that uh, A-League games tend to be over-policed. I think that can actually sometimes add to the the atmosphere. Uh, sometimes, especially uh, you know, for local um, you know Melbourne Victory games against uh, you know uh, Melbourne City or or a couple of the other big games. Um, but I, I just get a sense that we, we we give too much oxygen to these silly debates every now and then. Not and like I said before, I'm a bit embarrassed that we have this conversation. Well, I suppose that. <laughs> I get your point entirely, and Carlos and I have spoken about our frustration through this, through the years, Carlos, that this is the angle, it's, and it comes back to the angle that's been played, I suppose, mm. and, the, and the, the balance in the argument seems to be, well, it seems to be very one-sided from, in terms of, particularly this aspect, the behaviour point of view from, from fans, we, the, everything that does happen, if there is an incident, it is massive news. As opposed to perhaps saying, okay, well, there was a couple of incidents, like there was a Boxing Day or the AFL Grand Final or whatever it might have been. Had some issues, we dealt with that, but on the whole, everyone was terrific. It has been uh, for some in the media since ever since I started looking at the media as a kid, uh, searching for some soccer news or you know football news. Now uh, there have been some people in the media who perpetuate this thing that soccer's or football's not is un-Australian and. Uh, and uh, it's violence, and uh, you, you know, if you go there, it's a civil war every time, and uh, the ethnics are you know, running the. Pl- I mean, that that has been perpetuated. And the good thing about now is we're getting more and more people uh, who have not always been, um, you know, have have had close contact or close association with the game of football, who are now in the media and actually gained an appreciation of it. And we're having a lot more here at SEN since day one of SEN to now. Yeah. A lot more people appreciate the game of football. So when you get uh, an argument like uh, Rebecca Wilson's argument, there's a lot more people saying, hang on, 
you know, okay, I didn't grow up with this game, but I go to it and I don't see any problems. I mean, now we're getting more and more of that. And because as the game gets bigger and it's more on show, uh, people who haven't grown up with the game suddenly start getting close to it, whether their kids are playing it or whatever. And they say, hang on, it's not that. And I think that's when we will be free of this sort of stuff. We just want balanced reporting. The, that's game, all. the game changer, too, from a public perception point of view, is that flair, which you hate and I mm. hate as well. That's a game changer in this whole thing. 11 to 2, we'll move on after the break. Carlos Alberto Diego with us. Don't forget the four Diego's back from 11 p.m. tonight. I've got a feeling it might be a feisty hour with uh, all four of them in action this evening. Now, before I'm going to let this, we'll let this topic move on. I'll talk about Melbourne City in a second. But this from a. a an SMS that just came through, and you were pretty keen to get this out there, Carlos. As a police officer, I've been kicked, bitten, pushed, spat on, and had coins thrown at me at A-League games. Not everyone, but one is more than enough. Some cleanup is needed. Absolutely, and I've seen, in the in the most the worst one I've ever seen in 11 years was one uh, incident like that, uh, the whole crowd just so disrespectful to a line of policemen, and the policemen just had to stand there and take it. Uh, that that was for me was disgraceful, and they're the sort of things. I don't know what you can do when you get a, a big cohort of fans acting that way, but uh, it, it was just a, a disgraceful thing. It shocked me actually. When All I right, saw that. thanks for all your feedback on that. It's good stuff. Get to the bottom of the discussion of the point. That's the way you move on. That's the way the game progresses and benefits, uh, rather than just slinging matches between personalities. That doesn't help anyone. Carlos, I'm concerned about Melbourne City. They've got 8,000 members, down yep. from 12,000, 11,900, whatever it was. That's a big drop, 33% drop in their membership. On field, it's not going overly well. This mm. about this time last year, it was a similar situation for City, and they came back and rallied and, and uh, played, what was it, the preliminary final, I think yeah. it was, last year. So they, they found their feet. Are you confident that can be replicated this year, or are you seeing oh, some yeah, danger on, signs? On the ground, though, on the ground, uh, they can get it right on the ground. they just got to get their players back and get on a bit of a run. They've got the quality. We saw in Brisbane last week, I thought they scratched. I mean, one of the biggest criticisms is they don't scratch and claw and fight, and they just fold most of the time yep. but they showed a little bit of grit up there and uh, I thought uh, against a, a Brisbane side that actually really warmed into the game and, and put a lot of pressure on them in that second half they did what they needed to do to get a point and uh, whilst they're just getting players back I think that's what they need to do just to at least maintain the, the faith of the crowd that you're talking about as far as numbers are concerned I'm not their marketing guy I think wins are everything you can get a, on a winning streak there'll probably be people there waiting to join them but if you keep on disappointing people of course they're not going to join you so I think it's really after all these years of trying different marketing strategies and stuff win games regularly and win them well and you'll win the faith of people I reckon which seems to be a pretty effective method and model for the Crosstown Rivals. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, they, they're just winners from day one, and now they're winning with style, and they're winning with, uh, with the, you know, in an attractive sort of a way. So, uh, again, 2-1 two, two winners over Central Coast Mariners. It seems like six months ago they played their last game, but it was uh, last Thursday night. And, uh, and you know, Finkler, you know, Bat Fink himself, uh, two great goals. And uh, the <laughs> second half wasn't great, but they did, they did what they what they. That what they had to do to win the game and they're playing the, the kids coming through I mean they're just so in control of what's happening at the moment and uh, so things can turn around any time but they're doing so well victory at the moment you should really be applauding them So you got no concerns about JVS's role and then position at uh, City? Uh, I think if they lost on the weekend badly uh, and the team didn't give a yelp I think uh, he would have been in trouble but uh, I, I, I think Look, what they do is they, they play badly and then they play well. So <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you sack someone in that situation? Good so, luck, John. Yeah. yeah, find a method.